Well, my uh, worst nightmare came true. The offensive line was a bunch of hat racks. Uh, they should have been playing for the wayward school for the blind. Phil Dracovic was erratic in part because Boston college could not keep them upright. And that wasn't even the, it wasn't even that like they gave up four sacks. Okay. You know, that's not great, but it's not terrible. It was the eight quarter quarterback hurries on top of the four sacks. And then the tackles for loss because they ran for less than 30 yards, you know, running was like, yeah, I get it. We were maybe moving away from the run a little bit. I don't mind being an air raid offense. We got to be able to get some yardage on the ground. Um, I've got, you know, Rutgers, fans who knew they had such a passionate fan base uh drinking my tears up on twitter love it you know they deserve their moment but come on guys bc's gonna end up with more wins than you guys part of that's because the acc blows we saw that in week one but then again i could also see bc getting three wins um it was a disaster halfly making weird coaching decisions again i'm you know it's year three i'm starting to like i love the guy year one was great i love everything's about his culture but you know you got to give me better quotes than we got to give the offensive line some time like week eight uh to see them grow as a unit we don't have that time uh you know come on this is we're not we're not sitting around here you know there's been enough seven win seasons there's been enough six win seasons there's been enough terrible losses like this to where we got to stop getting complacent and complacency is saying well we got to give it eight weeks he had all goddamn off season i understand we lost christian mahogany um but dear god it looked worse than i imagined in all my nightmares because don't get me wrong i didn't even bet on bc i thought that line was fishy to begin with you get three starters for Rutgers ruled out right before kickoff. Line moves towards BC even more. Doesn't even matter. Uh, the cover wasn't even in play. We just had to get out of there with a win. We couldn't even do that. Uh, missed field goal, of course. This kicker was great as a freshman last year. He's the second coming. We finally have a kicker. We're no longer trying out soccer players to be our kickers during the Matt Ryan era. And uh, he misses the game, the potential game winner, right? We needed those points. We lost by one, 44 yards. You got to make that. Uh, bad snaps. You name it, it happened. Uh, again, we could, we could legitimately, BC could win two games this year. Two games this season. Uh, playing the way this team played on Saturday. Maybe you could steal one against Louisville. Look how they looked against Syracuse. But I doubt it. Halfley's quotes again, you know what the, the offensive line, we got to give them time. Okay. How much time? Eight weeks. Dear God. Uh, one of our defensive linemen stepped in front of the podium, said our main issue when Rutgers literally went marched down 95 yards, the game winning touchdown. We couldn't stop anyone. We couldn't stop anything. We wouldn't be able to stop Rudy back there. And we've got, you know, the defensive lineman saying Monday after practice, you know, I think our big issue was miscommunication. That's alarming. Why is there miscommunication on the final drive of the game on defense? Um, you know, alarm bells singing all the, uh, ringing all the all around everywhere. Uh, Zay Flowers was awesome, but I can't even you know I can't even get excited about him maybe having a good year because you know Boston College needs to have a good year. It was so disappointing. You can't get excited about his performance after the overall team performance, even though he had an amazing game. Um, you know. <laughs> Did Halfley get complacent after he has the great success year one? People start sniffing around. People are going, no way he's going to ditch BC after one year. You know, some big time programs are looking at him. 
All of a sudden, BC locks him up, gets him more money, keeps him around. Did he get complacent? You know, once you start sleeping on silk sheets in the million dollar uh, figure range for your salary, do you get a little complacent? Um, I hope not. You got to show me something on Saturday. Virginia Tech, they lost to Old Dominion. I think they're going to blow BC out. This line, plus three, everyone's hammering BC. They saw, well, you know, they lost to Rutgers. That's a Big Ten opponent. Vatek lost to Old Dominion. Blacksburg at night, there's no chance. There's no chance. BC's going to get absolutely thunked. Absolutely thunked. Um, you know, I have zero confidence. I have zero confidence in BC showing me something Saturday. Can you? You get. You got to do it to salvage the season because let's go through it. Um, okay, after Vatek, which I'm putting up as a loss, can we beat Maine? I don't know at this point. I'm kind of halfway kidding, but no chance at FSU. No chance. No chance. Maybe before we had a shot, after Saturday, no chance. Louisville. <laughs> you know, all right, they, they might have had the worst performance for what they did against Syracuse on the road. You know, we've been giving it to Clemson the last two years, giving them a scare at their place. We're hosting them again this year. Maybe there's a shot. Clemson doesn't look all that good. Just look what the DJ, whatever his last name is pronounced. He stinks. He stinks. Um, but by the time, it might be that freshman, right, who's taking over by the time they come to Chestnut Hill. You're thinking in the offseason, maybe there's a shot against Clemson. No shot. No shot against Clemson. Uh, no shot against Wake at their place. Sam Hartman coming back. Can we win at UConn? I'm still halfway kidding about that, but I'm still not halfway kidding about that. I thought we'd smack Duke. All of a sudden, they look pretty good week one. Can we win at home against Duke? Uh, not their basketball team. From going, thinking we got a shot at NC State, they look weak against Eastern Carolina. No shot. Notre Dame on the road. No shot. Even though Notre Dame, I think, is a little overrated. Come on. They're only 20-point favorites at home against Marshall. Something's up there. Uh, from we should have beat Syracuse to damn, are we going to lose at Hughes uh, at home to Q's? It sucks. It sucks. Rucker fans. Yeah, eating it up. Junior Soprano, Rutgers, Rutgers taking down BC. Come on, guys. I mean, hey, big win for you guys, I guess. That's disappointing, too. They're making fun of the Boston College crowd. You know, I'm the only BC fan west of the Mississippi. I can't be there every weekend. Otherwise, otherwise I would. But I'd probably be up in the president's box. Um, you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, we're both going to win four games. Rutgers and BC watch. ACC look terrible. Hey, it's... If this is an audition for which teams are going to survive as everyone goes to the Super Conference, the ACC didn't put on a good show, I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe BC, hey, we're up-and-coming football, basketball programs. Maybe we go to the fit in the Big Ten because our hockey team's actually really good, right? That would fit into Big Ten hockey. That might be the only incentive. And then you could put on that audition against Rutgers. <laughs> Who would we beat in the Big Ten, you know? That would be crazy if we played Minnesota and Nebraska. That would be funny uh, for me. But then I'd really have to, you know, tuck my tail between my legs when we start losing to those teams that I like to make fun of. Um, I think this is going to be a rough, rough year. Hopefully they can prove me wrong, but I have no idea. But here's the thing, too, is what are we doing? College football fans, you're a fan of your team. You know, maybe your team's good. Maybe your team's ranked. What are we really doing? I'm telling you what it's going to be because it's the same thing every year. Alabama, Georgia, they're both going to go undefeated in the regular season. They don't play each other. Look what they did week one. Look what Georgia did to Oregon. This time, Bama is going to beat Georgia in the national title 
after Georgia beats Bama in the SEC title, reverse of <clears throat> excuse me what happened last year, and uh, book it. That's the, the rich get richer in this sport. Twelve team playoff would be interesting. You know, maybe you get the more chance of those Cinderella upsets like you do in March Madness round of sixty four, et cetera. But you know, it's Alabama, Georgia's world. We're all just living in it as college football fans. Uh, there's always that glimmer of hope every year. Everyone starts 0-0. Same thing with the NFL, right? But at least that sport's rigged with a salary cap and a draft for every team to at least have some shot every four years. The worst of the worst franchises can't even make you know the most out of that. But college football is so rigged against the little guys that it's just, you know, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we even doing? Yeah, the 0-0 hope. Hey, maybe – we're this year's UCF and we run the table and make a conversation. Nope. This year we lose to Rutgers at home as nine point favorites uh, in a disgusting game to watch an absolutely disgusting game to watch. And I was on the golf course, just kind of side-eyeing it in the car. Um, it's threw off my game. I had to shoot an 86. I was going to go low. Um, going to be a real interesting week in the NFL. Happy NFL week uh, one. We are going to talk to Ricky Larson here get the fantasy football update from our guy in his weekly hitter lucky shots media so that's coming up at the uh, end of my ranting here on corbett's corner um so you know i'm i'm looking at you know and watch the colts lose to the texans you know i remember i switched my allegiance following matt ryan bc speaking of you know being tried and tribulated as a falcons fan now i'm a colts fan and watch them freaking lose to the Texans here, seven-point favorites. They're the most popular survivor pool pick for week one. Never a good sign. And look how cursed I am, as you know, from the Boston College defeat. Cardinals are probably going to get swept out of the playoffs um, because the fall is ruined for me. So it's, the sporting gods decided, you know what, Dylan? More suffering, worse suffering this year. Um so watch the Colts lose. But again, I think there could be some absolute carnage this week in the NFL. I feel like we're going to learn a lot about some teams. It's a learning week when you look at some of these lines. Are the Packers going to beat the Vikings on the road? He's throwing a Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. We know it's Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, but and Vikes will find some way to blow it late in the game, right, even with this new coach now that Zimmer's gone. Who's trusting the Saints even against the Falcons? I, you know, I there's a lot of like question marks where it's like I, I'm going over my survivor picks and I'm like, you know, is there a chance this is the one? Because there's going to be an upset. There's going to be multiple upsets. Which one is it? Eagles going to beat the Lions? Pat's always struggling Miami, but can the Dolphins? And do you really trust Tua? Uh, you trust Mike McDaniel in his first year? The Ravens going to beat Joe Flacco and the Jets? Crazier things have happened. Jets like to be that spoiler. Uh, remember the Titans game last year for a lot of survivor picks. Chiefs going to beat the Cardinals. That line is moving like crazy. Cardinals aren't a bad team uh, in Arizona. There's probably going to be more Chiefs fans there, but that that's a large line for a decent offense. Uh, Broncos going to beat the Seahawks. Pete Carroll revenge game. A lot of question marks this week, in my opinion. For what it's worth, I like the Rams. I think everyone's talking about the Bills, a team that's never won the fran- uh, a Super Bowl. All of a sudden, they're Super Bowl favorites. I know that roster's talented. This team didn't even play in their own AFC title game last year. They should have, right? That was a crazy game against the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, everyone's talking about the Bills. 11 and a half wins is their total. Uh, they're playing the Super Bowl champs in L.A. 
Uh, I like the Rams. Uh, Publix all over the Bills. Give me the Rams there. I'll take the points. Hope it's a one-score game uh, or a one-point game, but I think the Rams can win that outright. I'll take the cards plus the number because that's up over seven. I think it's uh, I think it's actually six right now, but the way that thing's moving, the public loves the Chiefs, even though they actually have been a sneaky, bad cover team since their Super Bowl win. And then I like the Commanders because for some reason people think Trevor Lawrence here too and the the – return from injury the debut in the nfl for travis Etienne jr doug peterson come on that's what a lateral move well urban meyer's a scumbag but doug peterson i mean it's, come on what are we doing here with jacksonville i know the commanders aren't great i know carson wentz is fun to laugh at but that's still an upgrade at quarterback ron rivera is still a great defensive coach it's still a solid defense um i like them by a field goal minus two and a half public all over the jaguars uh dan schneider's t- you know, a scumbag owner, but hey, they're at home and their fans are still going to show up. I like the commanders there. Uh, and then I did take some season win totals. I just sprinkled some $25 on the Bills under plus money, 11 and a half. I mean, like crazier things could happen. What if an injury happens? I'm just kind of fading the favorite here for the Bills. I, you know, good God, if history has told us, that's not going to be the play this year. So I'll take under 11 and a half. Uh, Dolphins nine, I think is too high for a first year coach and a quarterback. I don't believe in. And then don't, the Giants stink. The Giants stink. It's not a Saquon. It's not a Saquon redemption year. I'll tell you, I was the first one in America to tell you that, uh, he was a bad running back. And then everyone was like, wait, why, why is he so bad? And, and the whole narrative, oh, it's a redemption year for Saquon now. No, it's not. He'll be on a different team in two seasons. Now the league in five, uh, Giants under seven, Daniel Jones, not going to cut it. Not an NFL quarterback. Uh, and then I'm playing some of these to miss the playoff lines plus money for Eagles, Broncos, and 49ers. You know, are the Eagles? Yeah, everyone's talking about them again. Can they beat out the Cowboys? Say Jalen Hurts kind of regresses. He's a good fantasy quarterback, but say he regresses a little bit in terms of winning games. Um, Broncos, I just don't know about, you know, I don't trust that team around Russell Wilson. I think Wilson has lost a step since he's kind of been banged up at the tail end of that Seahawks dynasty. And then where are we at on Trey Lance? Uh, I love fading Shanahan. I know he's uh, he was great at making playoffs and Super Bowls and going on deep runs. Not great at finishing them. I love kind of rooting against him because he fucked up the uh, Falcons Super Bowl for me and all the Falcons fans at the time. And uh, 49ers, where are we at at Trey Lance? He's either going to be the second coming or he's going to be not good. And then that's why they signed Jimmy Garoppolo and say, hey, just just hang tight here, Jimmy G. Uh, In case things don't work out, we may may need you. You you got us that far. Uh, We might play play our hand here close to the chest. All right, so that's NFL this weekend. King Sport about to take over. Everyone's fantasy drafts locked and loaded and done. And we get Thursday night football and a great matchup coming up Corbett's corner here let's talk baseball before we get out of here with the new era of tennis lighting up Arthur Ashe Stadium in Flushing Meadows at the U.S. Open um that's coming up here come the Rays four and a half back I thought it plus 300 AL East I've got them to win the AL I actually they were my World Series pick uh watch out Yankees Four and a half? It's like I blinked yesterday and it was 17 and a half in the dog days of summer. The Rays always hanging around, always just ready to sneak up on you. Don't get me wrong. The Astros are 
legit. Who knows about the Yankees anymore? Blue Jays scare me as a wild card team. They're actually only six back of the Yankees. Like this is, it's been a good year for baseball. You know, September baseball is, uh, been awesome. The crowd's been great all year long. You have Miggy. I've talked about this. You had Pujols still chasing 700. That's electrified the crowd. Got a lot of young stars like O'Neill Cruz. You know, the Mets falling apart is a funny story. The Yankees falling apart is a funny story. Um, I think it's been a good year for baseball and the expanded playoffs could be refreshing for kind of those fans we lost, right? And they were bored with the game. They didn't like homers, strikeouts. Seattle looks like they're going to make the uh, playoffs for the first time in two decades. Um, you know, it's been fun for being kind of a major league baseball fan. It's been fun. <clears throat> you know, what's not been fun. The AL central yawn um, whoever wins that. And again, I'm telling you, it's not going to be the twins, but then again, look, Tony LaRusso likes to be the stooge of that division as well as he keeps falling. The guardians aren't even that good, but they might just walk away with that division and then, you know, they're going to lose to uh, probably Toronto or Seattle. I would take either of those teams because that's – so it's weird. I was looking this up. I'm like, wait a second. How is baseball doing their season this game uh, this year or their playoffs this year? I beg your pardon. Is uh, So they've got <clears throat> the three division winners make the playoffs, and then you take the three next highest records in your conference or your league in this sport, um, and they make the playoffs. But it's two – the top two get a bye. So right now it's the Yankees and the Astros, and then, say, the Guardians right now, as it stands in the standings right now, they would face the last team, which is Toronto, and then Seattle would face the Rays. Um, you know, so whoever might catch that Toronto team, I think is not – that's not very lucky, right, because they could take out the uh, the Guardians, and then I guess in this scenario they would take out uh, – it would be the Astros, or they would play the Astros. That would be a crazy series. Um, so maybe the Yankees catch a break there, or maybe the Rays catch a break there if they can end up winning the AL East and cashing that plus 300 ticket in doing so. Mets falling apart. Like I told you to, they would, they do this every year. Red hot season all year long. September hits, uh, and they absolutely fall apart. Frank the Tank on Twitter, Barstool has me absolutely weak with his reaction videos. Um after they lose it's there's nothing better there's nothing better so funny uh cardinals running away with the central i love it uh i told you that would happen as well that the brewers would fold like a lawn chair and that's exactly what they're doing i'm surprised to see the giants fell off a cliff but it looks like they are uh going to miss the playoff padres sliding back a little bit but they look like they might overtake the mets i mean it's if the mets miss the playoff I'm telling you, it's going to be much watch television, or in this case, social media, checking out the reaction video from Frank the Tank Fleming. Cardinals getting hot this time again, uh, this time of year again, and they're getting healthy. Flaherty back. Hasn't even been great since he's been back. But that rotation right now, that'll play in October. The Braves look scary good. Again, this Spencer Strider kid. Um, I mean, how they filled out their team with Vaughn Grissom, with Michael Harris the second. Uh, on top of their guys that have already done it this year, adding Matt Olson, who's had an incredible season, uh, insane power hitter from the left side. You know, I never want to see Steven Matz again. That was a terrible signing. And I thought, you know, hand up, I thought Montgomery and Quintana weren't going to cut it. They are right now. Montgomery's been absolutely insane. Quintana's been solid. He's been better than solid. He's been solid. But again, I'm still worried about when it flips to October. Are we going to be the Mets, you know, or are we going to be the Cardinals of 2011? That, that team reminds me so much 
like the Cardinals of 2006, but also the Nats of what was it, 20, the year right before uh, the coronavirus pandemic, right? Was that back in 19, maybe 18? Um, kind of that wild card team that got hot. Cardinals got hot last year, but then just couldn't do anything. And then Alex Reyes blew it. And of course we fired our manager, but you know, get my hopes up again. My luck so far this fall has not been good. Boston college. I'm already telling you Colts are going to lose on Sunday. Just watch just to break my heart in a different sport. Uh, well, same sport, but a different, uh, you know, tier and then watch the Cardinals, you know, blow up in the playoffs again, but Hey, you know, can the Cardinals get over that hump? I think the Dodgers and the Braves are still in the way at the moment. Uh, that's my fear. Ushering in the new era of tennis as we wrap up here on Corbett's Corner in at the U.S. Open. I can't go this year. Last year, I watched Medvedev beat Djokovic, one of the coolest events I've ever been to. Uh, you know, I'm working a lot more here doing broadcasting, so I'm busier than all hell. Couldn't get there for my birthday coming up this year. Um, so my parents are coming into town. But watch the men's final. Watch the women's final. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Casper Rude's making a bid for trying to be uh first time Grand Slam champion. Like basically the new era of tennis is finally someone winning a Grand Slam, not named Novak, Rafa, or Federer. Um, so it's cool. Alcaraz, you know, he's been he's trying to be number one. Casper Rude, if he wins, he's trying to be number one in the world. After Kyrgios lost last night, he was the favorite after taking out defending champ Medvedev. He, I need to see him play in person. Like watching Djokovic in person was awesome, and he has a meltdown every once in a while where he will slam his racket. Kyrgios is just like barking. He's just like just saying funny ass comments the entire time, and he's electric with the racket in his hand. So that's got to be on my bucket list for tennis is I got to go to a Kyrgios match, um, see him play in person. But, yeah, I'm excited to watch not in person uh, this weekend. Either Alcaraz Center tonight is going to be much watch tennis. I'll tell you that much. I'm excited to get home to that. And then, uh, you know, Rude catching off is going to be interesting, too. Tiafo is about to go against Rublev. He stunned Rafa. Uh, you know, it, it's fun to see these young guns go. And, again, as you know here uh, – I've become a avid tennis fan. Uh, that'll do it. Uh, winging it. Apologize. Scheduling conflicts because I'm doing so many broadcasts. We've been off for last week and now this week. We will be back better than ever next week. And uh, Corbett's getting you set here for the NFL slate. Again, told you my three leans so far. Um, we'll see if that changes with maybe any line movement heading closer to Sunday. Jack to be back. Going to be on a more consistent schedule for you. Appreciate you, the listener, viewer, wherever or however you consume the content. And I'll talk to you shortly. Go land. Okay. Well, it's our favorite time of the year. Football is back. NFL is king. Thursday kicks off the season. Fantasy drafts just wrapping up. Uh, so we got to get our fantasy guru on. This is Ricky Larson, Lucky Shots Media. Ricky, great to have you back. Seven-month layoff. We did talk a little free agency, but now we finally get to feast on regular season NFL football again this week. Hell yeah, football is back. It's literally like a however long Christmas for me. Uh, you know, I, I don't – I mean, I watch other sports, mm -hmm. but – I don't get as invested as I do in football. So definitely glad it's back. Glad to be doing this again with you. Uh, 
like I said on my show, it's my favorite part of the week. So yeah. Bes- besides the football, you know, favorite, no, favorite parts talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we got to dissect each week. So our weekly hitter uh, beginning with week one, uh, excited to get you back. So let's start with kind of the first time I really heard this really be spewed as almost gospel this year in terms of draft construction. We're moving away from the running backs. Uh, did you kind of notice this in your various uh, fantasy drafts? That And what do you think about that notion that, hey, the numbers are kind of suggesting that you should be targeting receivers more than running backs in terms of your fantasy draft early on? I mean, if you backtrack to last year, I said I was going to try to adopt that thought because it was kind of leaning that way last year. Yeah. It actually worked out for me pretty well. I made the league championship in one league, made the playoffs in the others. Uh, didn't win ultimately, but wasn't my fault. You know, injuries happen. But, so who uh, was your first uh, receiver you went after? This year? No, from uh, your championship season or championship oh, run. Who was it? I, I ended up getting Jefferson towards the end okay. of those rounds. Uh, and Tyreek Hill as well. Uh, I wouldn't recommend going after Hill this year. He'll still be fine. But uh, yeah, definitely the, because if you look at point discrepancies, there there's a decent discrepancy from top five to, you know, under the top 15 for running backs. But if you look at the receiver weeks we had last year, yeah. Holy shit. The discrepancy between five and 15 is astronomical. I mean, yeah receivers they especially if you're in a ppr league because who do you tend to draft running back wise in a ppr league somebody who gets catches so why wouldn't you immediately go after wide receivers who that's their job and if you get a guy like jefferson chase this year uh tyreek hill of years past yeah they're gonna outscore your running backs every single week so why not go for you know, got wide receivers who could possibly get you 20 a week and settle for a running back that maybe only gets you 10 to 15 a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I implemented it last year, worked pretty well for me this year, tried to do the same, uh, kind of didn't help that, uh, in two drafts, I had the one and two picks. So obviously you got to go running back there, but, uh, I, I still am pretty wide receiver heavy this year as well. So, I uh, I like it. And, you know, hopefully this year it turns into a championship because yep. it, it definitely helped my fantasy game last year going wide receiver every over running backs. And like uh, you kind of dealt with uh, last year, I was the number one overall pick and obviously got burned by McCaffrey. And that's the other thing, too, is the injury risk there is so much higher for the running backs. Um yeah, so again, and I tried to implement this year as well, going more receivers, uh, looking late round uh, running backs. I found Chase Edmonds pretty late, you know, like different guys like that. Uh, Zeke was going later than expected as his stock is starting to drop. But again, so to each his own there, we'll see how it plays out. So that is my next question is, who is the fantasy MVP this year, right? Last year was the coming, you know, well, everyone knew Cooper Cup was great, but like, oh my God, he's that great. Uh, last year who's going to steal the show this year you know if derrick henry is healthy this year doesn't get hurt he was on track to be the fantasy like there was no touching derrick henry last year four weeks after he got hurt he still led fantasy i mean so (laughs) if he's healthy this year 
by far he could easily without receptions be the fantasy MVP. But if I had to pick, it'd be either Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. I mean, look at Jefferson from year one to year two, huge jump. You got to expect he's going to make an even bigger jump this year because in my mind, Adam Thielen, who regressed last year, is going to regress more this year. It's going to turn into more for him. And if you want to go on, well, Justin Jefferson was way better year two. Jamar Chase, it's year two. He, I, I would say he outdid Jefferson in his rookie year. I mean, he may not have broke those same records, but overall fantasy like impact, I feel like uh, Jamar Chase had a bigger impact last year. So I think it'll be either one of those two guys if Derrick Henry doesn't stay healthy all year uh, and has the same impact he did last year. Devontae Adams, uh, MVP in fantasy of years past, uh, switching jerseys this year, reunites with a guy he remembers from college, right? Fresno State days. But uh, we'll start with Devontae Adams. And then where do you kind of see, first of all, your thoughts on him and where he could end up this season in terms of points uh, and overall fantasy lore? And then you mentioned Tyreek Hill. Who, who's like the new newcomer who switched uh, teams and zip codes that might kind of benefit from doing so? You know, uh, if we're going to stick on Devontae Adams to start, I think, and this is just purely on what the Raiders also have right now, I think Devontae Adams takes a bit of a downgrade. Um, It's not going to be huge. I think he's still going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but you got guys like Darren Waller. You got guys like Hunter Renfro. Those two hogged targets last year, especially Hunter Renfro. I mean, the guy was ultra targeted and Darren Waller still had a huge year when he was healthy. I mean, there's going to be a lot to go around. I think that is going to be a very pass heavy division. And when you got six of those games every year, you know, it's going to be fun, but I think he takes a bit of a downgrade as I think Tyree kill does, uh, you know, going to it, that's a huge downgrade from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> to Tua. Oh yeah. So I, I think he takes a big downgrade as well. Um, the receiver, he didn't, the receiver didn't switch teams, but he got a new quarterback, got an upgrade at quarterback. I think Michael Pittman jr. Probably takes the biggest jump of wide receivers this year. Uh, I could see him vaulting himself into the top five uh, just because, you know, you look at Indy's offense. I don't really see other receivers that are going to match yeah. Michael Pittman and Matt Ryan, regardless of what you want to say, you know, with how everything went in Atlanta. Atlanta was just a bad team. Oh yeah. You barely had Julio. You barely had Calvin Ridley last year that left you with one target and Kyle Pitts who didn't catch a touchdown. Maybe he caught one. I think he might've caught one, but this is a big upgrade, a better offensive line, a better defense to give you the ball more, more opportunities and a running game that can easily set up your passing game. I think Michael Pittman is probably going to be that breakout receiver this year. I mean, because, you know, all the other guys who are already good, Michael Pittman's got the talent. Now he's got the quarterback. I I think he takes the biggest jump. 
I would absolutely love that. Uh, again, it's kind of, it's like you said, it's for whatever it's worth. I mean, he's 37, so it can't be a prove it year, but it's like, okay, you got rewarded for, you know, being treated terrible in Atlanta where they're dangling Deshaun Watson in front of you treated terrible because they put a bunch of turnstiles in front of you for an offensive line for three years. And now you're rewarded with the best offensive line he's ever had, arguably one of the best in the NFL arguably one of the best running backs behind him, which he's never had since maybe one year of Devontae Freeman. And like you said, weapons above freaking uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Best rookie this year will be who? That's tough because, let's be honest, this wasn't a super stacked uh, rookie class. Um Man. Yeah, no, I'll interject with uh, no uh, – I believe I saw the stat. First time we haven't had a week one starting rookie quarterback in like six years. Uh, Kenny I think Pickett. that will change. Right. Uh, well, you just said it, Kenny Pickett. I, I think we see him at some point this year. Um, as much as I love Mitch Trubisky and I have said, if you just give him a good opportunity, he'll thrive. I don't know – if he will. And if, I mean, they had Mitch Trubisky and then they drafted Kenny Pickett. So obviously they see something in Kenny Pickett. I think we end up seeing him at some point this year. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I guess if you're asking who's going to be the best uh, rookie, I could just go with the guy who I think is going to break out the most as a rookie. Uh, Christian Watson has that potential in mm -hmm. an offense that doesn't have many targets. But I actually think the breakout rookie this year is going to be Brian Robinson whenever he comes back. Yeah. They already wanted to give him sufficient time just from the preseason. They don't like Antonio Gibson. Uh, he's a guy that I drafted in multiple leagues because I think he's going to have those opportunities. So it's an offense that also got an upgrade at quarterback. They've got a good defense. I think he gets plenty of opportunities. Uh, or if you want to look at a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, many people are probably going, who? <laughs> He's a running back for the Chiefs. And during the preseason, the Chiefs said, the only two running backs that have a solidified spot on this roster are Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. We know how bad Isaiah or uh, Clyde is. Yeah. He, he, what has he done in the past two years? to warrant any like solidified spot as the starter Yeah, in an offense that could be passing a lot. We already know they pass a lot. I think Pacheco also has a great chance to break out this year. I like it. Um, all right. Here's just kind of a generic question for you. Fantasy wise, should you ever have two quarterbacks on your roster? I'll give you a mixed, mixed answer here because before this year, I was a guy who definitely had a second quarterback. I was like, at the bye week, I'm going to need one, and I want it to be somebody decent. Mm -hmm. We're almost now to the point where depth in your fantasy team, as in running backs, because running backs always get hurt. You want to have depth there. Wide receiver. If you draft two guys that you really like and they have the same bye week, you're out two wide receivers for mm -hmm. one week. So it's good to have – depth there as well. So I went no, I went no second quarterback this year. And there's a reason that there is the term of streaming quarterbacks mm -hmm. because 
you know, when your bye week comes, you just go look at the waiver wire. And if a lot of teams have two quarterbacks, then it's going to be hard for you to stream. But there's going to be a quarterback with a decent matchup that isn't going to bomb for you. He'll get you 15 points. Again, if your quarterback gets 15 and say you're against Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and they get 30, that's not a huge discrepancy as to where if you play like you took a second quarterback, now you don't have depth at wide receiver and you have two wide receivers get you 10 points and two other wide receivers on the other team get 30. Yeah. You're down 40 points. So, I mean, I think it's a better option to have depth instead of a second quarterback because you're going to get a bigger point discrepancy if you don't have people to plug in for those other skill positions besides quarterback. Yeah, I made that change this year too. It's just kind of a numbers thing too. You said it. Like I'm looking at week one right now and the amount of quarterbacks that are out there like right now. You know, Matt Ryan is available in my league. Wentz, Tannehill, Matt Jones, uh, Winston. So, I mean, yeah, there's options, again, to get you like 16 points. Um, Would you rather have Matt Ryan or Trevor Lawrence? Matt Ryan, 100%. We already kind of talked about the upgrade of offense. I think he's going to thrive. Is he going to be a top 10 quarterback? Probably not, but where the hell is Trevor Lawrence going to finish? I'd say outside the top 25. And I think Matt Ryan can easily, because I just because Matt Ryan only has really one main offensive target. Yeah. I would rather take that over all the money Jacksonville spent on second string wide receivers from other teams Mm -hmm. with a quarterback who threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns last year. Yep. Agree. I don't see, I don't see that huge jump. We talked about it on my show. I don't see the huge jump from Trevor Lawrence coming. He might make improvements, but he's he's not going to have the season that uh, Matt Ryan's going to have. And I could venture to say Matt Ryan finishes in the top 15 uh, this year as a quarterback. I, I'm thinking and hoping as a biased take uh, that he does. But again, I, I think the change of scenery is going to do him good. Um, I think running back such a crapshoot this year. Again, who's going to stay healthy? Who's going to pop off? Uh, who's a handcuff that you like the most? Uh, a couple of handcuffs that you maybe think uh, worth stashing away on your bench. Well, obviously, uh, the main one that first comes to mind is Alexander Madison. Yeah. We know Dalvin Cook has trouble staying healthy quite a bit. And we have seen Madison come in when Cook isn't healthy and perform like a starting running back, like somebody you would have on your starting lineup if Dalvin Cook wasn't a thing. So uh, he is obviously the major one. Another one that a lot of people might not think of, uh, a couple actually, Melvin Gordon in that Broncos offense. Uh, I actually saw a stat from last year that I didn't even realize as a Broncos fan, the Broncos backfield was second in rushing yards uh, combined between their two running backs with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I don't think Javante is going to get hurt, but if he gets a higher workload and his body isn't used to it, could see a lot more of Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon could even be a flex option this year. So yeah. uh, he'd be a great handcuff. And then because of the way that the Green Bay backfield is going to be, most people are going to draft Aaron Jones as the running back one for them. So A.J. Dillon's another great handcuff. Uh, 
because those are two guys you could honestly probably start together. And if you don't want to, at least you got Aaron Jones, who's a big hitter that could break off a huge run. If he goes down, AJ Dillon is just as capable. He's like an Alexander Madison and this backfield from reports is going to be a 50, 50 split. So yeah. uh, AJ Dillon is just as good. Uh, you know, I, I think he's in the one B role, you know, he's, he's not necessarily backup, but he's not necessarily the main starter. So I think he's a great handcuff as well. Yeah. I'm excited to see. And it looks like there's two guys that are like great friends too, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I've been seeing reports coming out and two different contrasting styles, which I love to see too. Um, yeah. And as a BC guy, I obviously want to see AJ Dillon succeed. Um, all right. Ricky Larson, lucky shots media. Great to get him on again throughout the season. We'll talk next week, but I want to get him out of here with this before we go enjoy week one of NFL football receiver. Nobody is talking about that. You love my answer uh who's this guy here i love that even though i hate the uh lions amonra st brown uh touch what he had six straight games with a touchdown to close the season uh four but uh he went off yeah he was i think over the that span he was like wide receiver six Mm. with jared goff as his quarterback oh my god yeah uh hell yeah he's a guy that i was targeting for sure uh in most of my leagues, I didn't end up getting them just from where I fell, but he is definitely one I really like. Um, oh man, I kind of got to think on that one because everybody's talking about the Broncos receivers, you know. Yeah. Oh, now they've got Russell Wilson. Uh, man, I did, I did have somebody. In my, oh, yeah, rookie wide receiver. I might have even said his name earlier in the show, but uh, Christian Watson. Okay. No, nobody's talking about him. He's pretty good. I mean, he was pretty good at North Dakota State. And again, if you look at the Green Bay offense, there's no there's no main guy. So somebody has to break out. And I would rather take a chance on a rookie than Randall Cobb yeah. or, you know, somebody else. I, I don't know. I don't, he could just do absolutely nothing this year. <laughs> or if he's in the lineup, has a huge game, boom, Aaron Rodgers has a, no, a new number one target. We know what a number one target for Aaron Rodgers looks like. So that's somebody that uh, not a lot of people are talking about. And I feel like not a lot of people are giving, uh, Hollywood Brown, yeah, the kind of respect that he should have. He played on an offense that didn't throw the football, and he was still a relevant fantasy wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now he's on an offense who throws the ball more. You don't have a running back for a quarterback, and he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins in his way for six weeks. Yeah, great point. So, I mean, he's going to be somebody that I think, at least for the first six weeks, I don't know what it looks like after that, but for the first six weeks, he could definitely pull in a good quarter or a good three quarters of DeAndre Hopkins uh, targets. Uh, on the Green Bay Packers note on Watson, they selected Adams in the second round. 
Uh, look what he turned into because of Rodgers, you know, kind of an unknown guy out of college. Yeah, and so Rodgers can turn Jacob Sternberger into a competent receiver, you know, and so he'll certainly have an opportunity with his new second-round pick. Uh, Ricky, good to get you back. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Check out our DFS lineups on your podcast at Lucky Shots Media. That's coming out this week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, Ricky. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on.